Welcome to our podcast series, Latinx Activism in the Borderlands. This series puts a spotlight on the advocacy work of Latinx activists at the intersection of faith and the borderlands. Today, I am very pleased to have with us Rogelio Nunez, Executive Director of Legal Defense and Advocacy Organization Proyecto Libertar from Harlingen, Texas. He has been Director of Casa Proyecto Libertar since 1990. He is also a former organizer of the third party in Texas, La Raza Unida, and we are grateful to have him with us. Rogelio, do you still see the same ticks of door-to-door organizing still important today in political campaigns? I do. Este, I can tell you, mira, I, in nonpartisan elections here in San Benito, I got involved with some local folk. I left here in 70, came back in 1983. I, went, I lived my last five years in Austin. And uh, when I came back, was I had the framework of the Partido Razonida, which was a door-to-door campaign politics, especially in Kingsville. And so when I started hanging out with some folks, you know, they weren't into the door-to-door. And a real good friend of mine who was a pharmacist had been on the school board and was winning and, you know, he was pretty well-respected, pretty popular person and so forth. And one election he lost. And he was really disappointed because he didn't think he was going to lose. You know, I mean, here's a pharmacist, business person, married to a good family, quote-unquote, business people, you know, middle-class raza, you know. And uh, so when he lost, he came to me and he said, you know what, I'm going to run again because I, I need to get back on the board. I said, but let's do it your way. He says, you know, I'm ready to walk the streets. I'm ready to knock on the door. I said, well, just get yourself a good pair of tennis shoes, man, and we'll walk every freaking city, I mean, town, and, I mean, district in, in San Benito. And, and, you know, and we did, and he won. And he never lost again. The, the, in Harlingen's election in May, two elections, the way the two persons that won became winners was because they did a door-to-door campaign. What uncovered 2,200 households. Now they've got teams, right? and that's good. That's fine. That's the problem with that. I mean, you, you can't do it by yourself, but juntas, you can get at least a dozen people, do the agenda, map out the streets, make sure you know where you're going to knock on that door and have the good message. And as they say, if you do all that work, you can win. And if you don't, at least, you were in the game. But if you don't do any of that work and think you're going to do it because, you know, Dr. Cue is running, well, you know what? Quien es ese Dr. Cue? No, I'm not going to vote for it. I still think the door-to-door, I mean, it's going to come back to anything. Breaking bread, making relationships, you know, building trust. I have some some friends who are going to Ovalde, you know, because, of, you know, todo lo que pasó. Well, you know, do you know, in Austin, you have uh, este Santos, Santos, uh, he, he runs uh, La Voz de Austin. Mm-hmm. Seen mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Santos and I are good friends. Well, he's originally from Uvalde. And he dates back to the Razonier days and the school walk out of Uvalde and Jose Angel Gutierrez in Crystal City. So he's gone back to Uvalde and he's printed, started to print again the La Voz de Uvalde, which was where he started. He delivered like 20,000 newspapers about two weeks ago. And the one thing that I hear is that, but he, obviously the town is really devastated. You know, and everything that's been uncovered. Here we go again. So the mass murder was horrible. There's no two ways about it. But what began to get uncovered was, first of all, the, the, the political framework of Uvalde in that county didn't change a whole lot. It was only put in hold by the Razonina party between 70 and 80. Once the party is over, well, these guys come back. The mayorship, the county government, the school board. The rancheros are still the same ones of 50 years ago. They hadn't changed. So we begin to see where, and it's saturated with law enforcement. I mean, when you have 300 and some odd law enforcement who arrive in Uvalde, it's because they're all there under Operation Lone Star with Governor Abbott, you know, the, the Border Patrol, I mean, the DPS and the National Guard. Mm-hmm. But how they could arrive in three minutes, well, that tells you that that place is very militarized. But, you know, I've talked to a few folks, you know, like, my, my comments, and again, like I tell them, I'm not going to go because I've got to do what i got to do. But, I mean, if we're going to, if you're going to go, I mean, my suggestions are, you almost have to kind of go and say, I'll be here at least six months every day in Uvalde. you got to build trust. La gente no tiene confianza para nada. And how can they? They just they just suspended the, the principal of the high school because the, there was three doors. I don't know if you heard this, but there was three doors that had work orders to fix, and they were never fixed. 
So they suspended the principal at that school, Rob Elementary. Okay, so the people are really, one, they're angry, they're hurt. You know, they, their kids were taken away. They're scared. And if you want to go in there and do any community organizing, uh, it can't be just one day or two. Or it, It's got to be like all of a sudden we say, you know, we're going to be there for a year because you have to first build that trust. If you don't build the trust, I, I'm not going to blame la gente. La gente tiene razón por no tener confianza. Pero, because I know... I know people are just flying in and flying out. They go visit, they come out. There's been some religious folks, some of the some of the non-denominational folks who go in and do their thing. And all. I don't know. I, I just think that you've got to stay there on the ground. Mm -hmm. I started hearing anything in San Benito if I don't build trust with my neighbor. What do you want? We may have lived, and we have lived here for a long time, right? Pero, so... Unfortunately, I mean, I would say the politics are ripe. I already know conditions are not going to work. The politics are ripe for a third party again. Porque el Partido Demócrata has become a good old boy network. I mean, no más ellos entre ellos, you know, the party leadership at the state level, the party shit. You know, Filomón Vela was one of those that was named as one of the, they have the DNCC, the Democratic National Committee, which is national. He was one of the lieutenants, one of the four that got selected. Well, he's that seat is vacant. No vienen para acá para nada, you know. And again, now as as Tony Gutierrez, who my elder elder friend tells me, he says, "Well, you know, they probably already got bought by the Republicans. That's why they don't do anything." You know, it's like, okay, I, I can't prove that, and I, I don't know. I'm just going to assume that that's not the case. But there is kind of a low. I mean, there, I go back to our our border issues here. I said we're going to. We've been we've been on the, okay so we've been on these Zoom calls now for at least six months on different kinds of issues on the border. We're trying to kind of create and I say we Fernando Garcia in El Paso and us down here kind of a, a border voice because mm -hmm. there's nothing coming out against the governor at least not from down here. The only one that I know that's given the governor a run for his money is the Beto O'Rourke. That's that's a, but if you notice about Beto O'Rourke. You know, and I know it's strategic. I know how they operate. I know their 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 consultants. Uh, I came across this piece where he doesn't even want to have a Latino vote group. You know, mm. I mean, remember the Viva Kennedy campaigns? He wants to win, but if he's, to me, I'm thinking if he starts to divide out himself, it's gonna, well, I got the Latino vote. They're going to say, well, no, no, I got the Texas vote. You know, and para que no haya división, que no haya, you know, segmentation. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the way he, he, you, if you follow him, he, he does not have, I mean, he does speak against guns, gun violence. He does speak about the bad policies on the border, but he doesn't have an immigration framework. Mm -hmm. Now, you gotta, sometimes you have to do things you might not want to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you going around being, because I'm pro immigrant and que, que voy a las marchas de los inmigrantes y todo, because you're going to mm -hmm. lose. Raza, because some raza, and you know, they may be Republican, they may be Democrat, but there's raza that does not want to deal with immigrants. We don't want them here. We don't want them here. And that's that's really tough, you know, because you know, well, I don't know if you read lately the city of New York responding to the buses that got taken to New York from the asylum, quote unquote asylum seekers here in the border. The Abbott's gonna say, I'm gonna take the problems to DC and to New York and so forth. So the mayor of New York is saying, like, you know what, now we're being overwhelmed here. And we got to do something about this. Now, he's anti-Abbott and anti-Abbott policies on the border, but he's already complaining. So the Republicans are coming back and saying, well, we told you, we told you that these people are being let into this country and it's the Democrats who are letting them into this. I mean, it's una política que está, I mean, it, it's tough, you know, but mm -hmm. I think the door to door is always going to be, it's going to be your, your, the real work. I had a conversation with some Mormons the other day, some missionaries. And, you know, they came, they were driving, and now afuera de mi casa, mm -hmm. and they were driving. Y buenas tardes, and buenas tardes, and I said, hey, vengan para acá, man, come over here, let's talk. We started to talk, and uh, I said, you know, guys, you guys do really good work. There's only one thing that's missing. He said, what? Like, you're only here for about X amount of time, and then you're gone. Mm -hmm. So you don't have anything to build community. Mm -hmm. You know, they also have the end of me, say, well, what, what do you think we should do? They said, well, stay for a year or two. That's what I would do. Because you you do have the door-to-door -door perspective. You do stop and talk to people on the street, and that's great. Le dije, pero 
in, in about a couple of, they go, yeah, they go, we're going to be leaving in two weeks once we finish our mission. Because you're about the fourth set of Mormon mission that I meet, you know, because I mean, pasan por aquí todo. So then I told him, you know, the other thing is you all don't map out the, the geography of San Benito because this is where you're at. He said, what do you mean by that? Like, well, you're passing through these streets, and, you know, where I live, like, and I can tell you there's no kids here. There's none. I can tell you because I've lived here 30 years, and it's, it's an adult community. It's un barrio, pero puros adultos. The best example I can give you is that every 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 trick or treat, every Halloween, me quedo con todos los dulces, which is fine for me because I buy the ones I want, right? Pero I think the door to door is going to be the only. I mean, for church building, I think I told you the last time you were here, and I, I didn't I didn't have a chance to thank you, but I do I did get very energized with that last piece of the prayer. I mean, mm -hmm. I got re I was like, aquí no me para nadie. Of course, you're not here every day. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I was thinking about how important it is for activists who are people of faith, how they need to be prayed for. And you're, you're talking yeah. about being exhausted, right? And yeah. uh, at, at times, and it's, when do you get prayed for? Where, where do you go for your, your spiritual renewal? Uh, is it your church or do you, do you listen to sermons? Do you, do you meditate? How, what, what are some of the things you do? Well, since, okay, so COVID hit our church. I think I might have mentioned it a little mm -hmm. bit. And, didn't go. and then after, you know, I mean, I've, I've not been active. I could, I mean, there has been church points. He keeps doing the, the services. But we, we weren't growing. Now, you can grow two ways. You can grow yourselves intellectually, and then you can grow numerically. While I can understand the numerical being difficult, Growing, as they say, uh, amongst ourselves is not that difficult. Again, it goes. I mean, I, I'll never forget Armendariz, who came down so many times to our. When we first, when we first split, Armendariz would come back and say, "Just invite the neighborhood for a meal." You know, Iniesta nos hace. You know, like then, then, then it's not that I don't want to be part of it, but I, I just couldn't take it to the next step. As they say, you know. So I said, "Just ask let me take a break here. Let me take a break. Now I do my own readings. I've got my own, you know, it's de leer leo bastante, you know, but I've got my own, my own, uh, I mean, I do get everything from the PCUSA. I get my, 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 as they say, the, the, my readings that I have to do for Sunday. If it's, if it's Easter, you know, there's specialized readings for Easter. I get that done and that works for me. Now, on the other hand, I have to be, as they say, active with other folks now i'm just glad that tony gutierrez and i have clicked you know he's older than i am he's from harlingen and from san benito but we've clicked and so therefore we look for each other and so when conversation for about 20 minutes and so that that helps me a lot you know and at least at least tony believes in me and i believe in him well he knows and he tells me very few people talk to me except you see the cultural part is also good este, ahí sí me, sí me, me animo porque, you know, and then, but what do you, okay, so we have the, the oldest dance hall in the valley is here in San Benito called La Villita Dance Hall. Puro música de conjunto. I mean, it's just, and it's awesome. And you go there Saturday, uh, it's one block away from my house, and you're looking at 150, 160 people, mostly older folks, 60 and over, pero una energía de, de, de ir a bailar, de tener buen tiempo, de compartir. And, you know, and relationships have developed in there because they buscan uno al otro for the next Saturday. Y vas a venir, que sí, you know. And that's very energizing. I'm saying, like, okay, that's the energy, but how do we take it to another level? Now, why do I want to take it to another level? Because these are people that go back home. I don't know what they do back home. I'm going to probably start soon trying to get their names and address on a mailing list so I can at least talk to them about not only... Conjunto music, pero hablar de la importancia del, del, de la música para curarnos espiritualmente, because it is a cure. You know, what they're going. I mean, I don't remember the days of, you know, the, I mean, the, the, como dice la cultura cura, no? I mean, it, 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 if you have no cultura and no foundation de cultura, I mean, you can be pretty battered by what's out there, and then what do you do? I use that as a way of, of uh, and then, you know, I get, I get calls to do things, but sometimes digo yo, pues, yesterday I got called. There's a Cubano, there's a woman, Julieta, who's a poet, who's a writer, who kind of was born in the Narcisa Martinez Cultural Arts Center when we first started. She, she became part of the Writers Forum. 
y ella agarró mucha onda. And now she's one of the leading poets in the Valley. She's an English professor. She's teaching at South Texas College. Her husband, se murió Arturo years ago. She was widowed. She's about 49, 50. Se murió muy, muy joven él y muy joven quedó viuda ella. So she decided to go to Cuba a couple of years, well, about eight years ago. It's kind of a way, I think, to just kind of salirme de aquí. de Rio Bravo. ahí de Reynosa. And she went twice to Cuba. On the second trip, se encontró con un cubano, se enamoró y se casó con él. And then she began the immigration process. She petitioned for him. You know, it took eight years, and the guy just got here a month ago. Pero llegó legalmente, ¿verdad? And so me habla Julieta el sábado, me dice, Rogelio, este, you know that Jorge's, but ya le dije, pues si you put Jorge and yourselves on Facebook, like, like I know more about him than you do know about him, because that's all she does. She puts him, and the guy, you know, I mean, he sounds pretty good. So he dijo, can you do me a favor? He pues no sé. He dijo, can you come and visit with him? And, uh, pues, you know, he needs to start knowing people. He needs to work. Maybe you know something. Pues, ayer fui para allá. And I met two hours with Jorge. A uh, 50-year-old, he's a trained attorney. Mm. <laughs> Pero, como dijo, bueno, dijo, si no me he casado con Julieta, yo no me salgo de Cuba. De una manera u otra la hago, o, o a ver cómo le hago. Pero dice, ¿cómo la ves que ganaba 30 dólares por mes como abogado? Dije, Jesus Christ, mm. no le queda te tell you. Dice, y yo no soy político y todo, dijo, pero, y, and then he started to say about, like, dice, esos hermanos Castro, Fidel, destruyó todo Cuba, man. Sí, well, you know, and I didn't want to get into a lot of discussion on that, but we did kind of have a good conversation. Uh, immediately he asked me to give some advice to a friend he has in Dallas, who didn't come legally, but came through the river. Un cubano que entró, que graduaron juntos de, de la universidad, y el cubano entró por Reynosa, through the river, y este, pues, se vino legalmente. But anyway, uh, I put him in touch with Cali. Because mm -hmm. Cali is a Cubano because she's sponsored. He said, Cali, see, I'll give him a call and see how we can get together. Because this Cubano says he likes to cook. He said, well, invite Cali and Yuvan. Because usually, again, in conversations, you know, ideas and opportunities are going to come about. Mm -hmm. So, no, I mean, that's how I... And then, oh, anoche, I had a friend of mine that he's trying to put together a a project here in San Benito to do some mural painting and no le sabe ni si ni no me trajo la aplicación. So ya casi se la acabo, you know, because he doesn't know how to put together, he knows how to paint, but he doesn't put an application to the city. So I basically interviewed him last night. He gave me the information. We're going to submit the application to the city and if they approve it, then he's got a wall that he's going to paint some mural about the history of San Benito, some characters and so on and so forth. So así me la paso. Así me la paso. People reach out to me. People think I have the answers to everything, and I don't. But oh, that's how it, how it's kind of come around in terms of, you know, my, my lifetime. Right? It's not very easy to talk. Yeah, I'll talk to you from the streets. Everybody, yeah, it's got, actually, La Vita, I kind of turned it around, which, again, you go back to this door-to-door. -door. Mm -hmm. Usually, the polite, buenas noches, como están, como les ha ido, blah, blah, blah. But I've been, this year, I said, you know what? I'm going to get more intentional and start talking. So I don't know these people. 95% of the folks that go to La Vita are not from San Benito. No los conozco. Vienen de Brownsville, the, the Mission, the Mercedes. And... So I'm going to be more intentional. I'm going to start talking to them and sitting there in their table and, and do a little bit more talking. No, but I think I'm, I'm at the point where I think that if I were to run for the king of La Vita, they would vote for me. <laughs> now it's become really good in terms of how they see me. The other thing, to that you got to look at is que si me miran como alguien educado and that's always been kind of like you know, pues usted más y, well, you know what I'm saying like well no yo aprendo de ustedes también you know I mean? Again, but, but you know and, and that's the respect they're showing towards me so I'm thinking like what do I do with you well I'm going to get you on a mailing list and maybe we'll do a podcast you know mm -hmm. or maybe we'll, I mean I can put together a newsletter and say mira este, but then insert something that's a little bit more than just que vienes a bailar verdad mm -hmm. Uh, you know, things that I think may resonate with them because I know they're working class. They're all these people who are, are working class people. They didn't go to college. They might have graduated from high school, you know, pero son gentes que trabajaron y crearon familias. Y ahora vienen a diversos. Pero, yeah, the point would be, how do I get you to also become a little bit political? Que no es nomás de votar, ¿verdad? Que si no, es también de votar. Es también de meterse en la comunidad y ayudar y apoyar. Uh, there's a gentleman there that's interesting because he he faced some life-threatening moments in his life, and uh, he stopped drinking. 
And then he started to do detention work, going with his church group to do detention work. Y me comenzó a platicar y le dije, pues yo conozco ese centro de detención. Dice, pues ¿cómo? So I told him what I did. Dijo, ok, ok. Digo, no, Juan Rob, vamos y estamos nomás. But, I mean, hablamos con los detenidos y todo sobre la, la vida de Dios y todo. I mean, okay. You know, that, that's, so he did something, right? He, he turned around a little bit in, in terms of just coming to a baile and drinking till, pues, como decir, que nos cucarachos fumigados. <laughs> Pero it all goes back to the local. You know, mm -hmm. you know, like Greg Casar, ahí in Austin, city council guy now mm -hmm. running yes. for. Well, he's done an interesting, I mean, I don't know, I read a story on him and I mean, he's coming from wealth. You know, no, no es pobre. El papá era neurosurgeon in Houston. Then goes off to Virginia. Then gets involved in organizing. Comes back to Austin. Works for the Workers' Defense Project. You know, and then is now he was in the city council. And he, you know, worked a lot on immigrant rights and defending immigrants' rights. And, and now he's a Congress. I mean, he's the, the nominee for, and, you know, I mean, he has as close as anything can come to a framework of Bernie Sanders. He says, if, if, if the squad lets me in, I, I want to be part of them, you know. Mm. The, so, I mean, there are, well, you go, now, what's his, what, why is he successful? He does door-to-door -door stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's on your door. Uh, you know, Harlingen, I think I might have told you that they had a woman mayor now. The last time you yes. were here. Mm -hmm. Well, there, her, and I haven't gone and met her yet, but I do want to meet with her and see what, what she's all about. She's an attorney, an immigration attorney. I mean, a ver qué, pues, qué quiere hacer on the immigration side. Pero there be, ella first had a town hall meeting two weeks ago, and it came out to be pretty good, where people mm -hmm. just come in, they ask questions, she has some staff there, and they can respond as best as they can. Now she put in an online two-month survey for people to talk about their needs. And she wants to get that. She's actually partnering with UTRGV, you know, kind of do a pretty good questionnaire and then get the answers and then do all the data analysis. Y luego un commissioner, those commissioners are now doing, because Carlin is divided into, into uh, single member districts who are doing listening sessions with their community. Mm. And have, their, este uno de ellos se llama Perez is having a two hour listening session at uh, uh, one of the elementary schools there in Harlingen, actually in about two days. And he's inviting them and just come in and just tell us what you think. Hmm. So that's the first time que estoy viendo, like, yeah, I mean, again, that it, it, it has sort of the idea that it is important to listen to community. It is mm -hmm. important to get involved. Uh, Harlingen, like any other town in the valley, but Harlingen more than any other town in the valley, ya la gente ya estaba cansada. Mm -hmm. ya la I know, yeah, I mean, they had 27 years as the same guy as a mayor and as a city commissioner. Y controlaban todo muy bien controlado, ¿verdad? And all of a sudden, these folks slowly. So I'm, I'm going to think that if that, you know, now, how do you manage all that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, ojalá que la mayora, la, may la muchacha esta sepúlveda, you know, my thinking, my assumption is going to be can, they're not trained in the grassroots world. Mm. And you have to be, but it's good to have you know, to know a little bit about Solalinsky, to know a little bit about the, these models of organizing and how you sustain, you know, the whole idea of progress. Uh, you mentioned a lot about Zapatistas also as part of what oh, influences yeah. your uh, organizing. Okay, so that, you know, I mean, Marcos and companies start out back in 83. So, and see, when you read them, and I've read them extensively, they didn't think that they should start organizing in Mexico City or Monterrey, etc. Ellos se reunían aquí en un ladito de Monterrey, en una comunidad que se llama Podaca, Nuevo León. Un doctor, who again, sometimes you're intellectual or people who have credentials. Un doctor tenía muy, mucho pensamiento progresivo que la comunidad de México necesitaba. Esto. And these guys started to get attracted by him. And then tenían una casita where they would get together, you know, share ideas and blah, blah, blah. And all of a repente, back in 1967, 68, in other words, they were going to get very active. And they tried in Mexico City. I mean, they got shot up by, the army found them, right? They killed a few and then they came back to Apodaca. And that's where at least, from what I read, they begin to say, well, we need to find a place where we're 
strategically located where we could work on la comunidad. And that's why they went into the Lacandona jungle. And then, of course, 10 years of training. Eso sí es intenso, man. That, that's, that's like, uh, uh, you know, I mean, if you're in a commitment, you know, that you're going to go in there. Como decían muchos, Marcos is not going to make it. Que al rato, you know, al rato se sale because he's too intellectual. And he, pues, se ha aguantado ya 40 años ahí, man. So, I mean, so, but they started out in a, in a real small, where, where they could control, and, you know, even, even, I mean, I'm looking, I always think like, San Benito, there's a couple of places in San Benito, there's a couple of places outside of Puerto Rico where you could do some good organizing, because geographically lends itself for that. But when you have a lot of population, that becomes a little bit more difficult. But Marcos, you know, I mean, again, very well read. I mean, muy practico también. And, and uh, of course, he had first clashes with los indígenas, ¿no? He comes in and starts, like, and they first told him, espérate, nosotros tenemos 500 años de organizar aquí y de resistir. Mm -hmm. Sit down and talk. You just don't walk in. And from there, they just started going. And they started going. And and uh, this whole idea of comités que they form, cada quien tiene su comité, they're strong on la consulta, que nothing gets, todo tiene que ser consultado para llegarle un acuerdo. Mm -hmm. ¿Y qué? Can be, no, lo que diga Cuellar, no, lo que diga Núñez, no, 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 entre el Cuellar y Núñez, a ver dónde llegamos, una consulta, donde todos participan, and if it takes us 10 days, that's all right, but we're going to come out of here juntos, and he wrote me, I got a letter once from the whole world over there, and I'm one not to go too far, man, I'm going to stay very low, como dice José Ángel, tú no te sales de San Benito, man, like, no, I don't, because when you start going out, to me, it's like, you know, pues ya pierdes, I mean, como decir, ¿dónde está Slana? Slana is wherever you stand. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I actually wrote back and said que no iba, ¿verdad? For my reasons, no, I got a response saying, quédate donde estás y organiza donde estás. Mm -hmm. Necesario tener que venir hasta acá para aprender lo que, lo que ya sabe. You know, the intellectual type thing. Pero the whole world that, you know, the consultation piece is critical. Very, mm -hmm. to me, it's very critical. I mean, consultas y consulta. You know, like when he did that whole next piece of, of the consultation, es como dice, every day me tengo que reinventar, porque cada día es un que no sé qué va a pasar. I have to reinvent my, so you also have to be thinking. Pero cuando they did la otra campaña, I don't know, I mean, they did it, you know, they, after a certain amount of years, they did la otra campaña where he went to all the states of Mexico. Mm -hmm. Con la comunidad. Again, listening sessions. Díganme qué está pasando. I'll meet with anybody. I don't care who you are. Intelectual, pobre, gay, you know, whatever you are, vengan, vamos a platicar, because el México es para todos, you know? And so, consultation is critical. Consultation is like, to me, it's like breaking bread. It's like having a conversation. Como decir, mientras haya manera de conversar, hay chance de tener, como decir, un triunfo. The minute the talking stops, you know, se acabó. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's, if you don't talk anymore, that's it. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, poder, pues, what are you going to do? <laughs> Keeping that in mind about, you know, ese, I, real simple things. One of the commissioners that's having the listening session, when he first went in, now that's what I'm saying. I don't know these people. I mean, I would have to take some extra time to start to know them. But he started out with the idea that after every city commission meeting, he posts on his Facebook page, what he thinks to be the most important decisions that were taken that night. But at least it gives some people an idea that anoche hubo una agenda, hubo estas decisiones, y aquí lo que decidimos. Okay? Prior to that, you don't know, unless the newspaper picked it up because it's one of the controversial moments, you won't know what happens in these meetings. Y pasan cosas. Pasan, ocupan gente, ocupan gente, hacen contratos, le pagan dinero a fulano de tal. You know, I mean, so many things happen. I mean, you know, every, every city... You know, I always say that like the Brownsville School District budget, it's like $650 million. Te imaginas lo que hacen con ese I mean, you know, the world of vendors, the world of consultants, who gets paid, who gets hired, why do they get hired, all that stuff. Now, if you don't know about anything of that because they don't put it out in the public or on a, you know, then you'll never know what's going on. So yeah, the consultation, la consulta, como digo, mm -hmm. one of the keys of the Zapatistas is que Y si no le pueden llegar al acuerdo después de tanto tiempo de consultar, entonces then they'll figure out, well, this is the best we could come at, and maybe we, we can kind of move on and figure out what, maybe this won't happen. Maybe we'll mm -hmm. pick it up another. Mm -hmm. One of the things, as far as I've read, there's no alcohol limit. 
mm. monks name. <laughs> I wouldn't make it there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me well, neither. Well, the in la disciplina, I mean, la disciplina yeah, yeah, yeah. Is you know, I mean, I mean, they went at it. I know they were being challenged. I know that it's difficult, you know, to, you know, como si you can get very lonely. Especialmente si tu nivel de capacitación ha llegado, que de repente no tienes con quien compartir, right? Yes. Este, pero una disciplina, I mean, to go 10 years of preparing before coming out, You've got to be real, really focused and concentrated. Mm -hmm. be done. Well, well, talking about that, Rogelio, about preparing, you know, I know that the church didn't prepare you to get into activism or taught you how to uh, do grassroots organizing. You really learned that at Texas A&I. That that's my right. alma mater, too. Uh, my family are from Kingsville, and I, I grew up with oral history about La Raza Unida and, and certain family members who, who participated in, in various marches and also ran under that party name there in kingsville and you read occupied america as one of your ah, turnaround yeah. books right yeah that's what really woke me up i mean again because i mean last this morning i had a conversation con what an 85 year old friend of mine cipriano i have old friends he, We were talking, le digo, Cipriano, yo y él y Nilda, my co-worker there, y le digo, Nilda is the youngest here, I'm the next, and you're the next. And we all, three generations, you know, all these years apart, and we all read the same book. It didn't change. It didn't change. Y no cambió, y no ha cambiado. Then, then I have two kids who are 31, 33, and 21, and they never got anything in Samaito High School. So no tenemos nada de, de, de unless we, and I say we in this household, donde vivo yo, pues nosotros inculcamos a los hijos, ¿verdad? Pero the rest of the world, ¿qué van a hacer? Más que ir a la escuela y se les vaya. Y now it's worse now with this whole critical race theory debates and all this. You no, know, don't say this and don't say that. Teachers are scared. Pues, what are our kids going to get? Man, who, or anybody's going to get? I mean, el gringo tiene que aprender también de quién tenemos nosotros. It just can't be one way. We got to know what they did. They got to know what we did and why. Pero I, I see a future que va a estar muy, muy problemático. I really do, because it, it's, uh, and then, you know, you, you live in state. I mean, not every state has a Greg Abbott. <laughs> Where did this guy come from, you know, mm -hmm. or a Dan Patrick or a Baxton? I mean, it's tan rabioso. Mm -hmm. they're, they're... Now, when I say that, I go back to Fernando, because Fernando Garcia en El Paso, when we were in the Zoom call last week, you know, when he got on, The discussion, I mean, I could feel him. It's like, you know, we, we need to, necesitamos ponernos rabiosos, dijo. Very lax, you know, and you were like, digo, pues, I don't know, Fernando, no, después yo le digo a Fernando, no sé qué decirte, Fernando, pero, yeah, we, we gotta be a little, and there's nothing wrong with being aggressive. No tiene que ver nada, you know, you're not gonna, I'm not gonna go bash somebody's head, pero la idea es de que, you know, hay que tener resistencia, ¿verdad?, que define lo que quieres decir para que el otro lado también sepa lo que, lo que está diciendo es importante, you know, pero, and then your own people. Now, there's the thing about, you know, liderazgo is, go back to Marcos, because he has a very smooth way of talking, you know, and people like that. And stuff. Pero bueno, he too knew that he was not going to be part of the leadership after so many years because it had to go to an indígena, and they did it. Mm -hmm. They did it. Liderazgo. And of course, Marco doesn't, that's what he goes and that's what he does. He talks, which again, maybe writing more because I know he writes a lot and he reads a lot. He's not getting any younger. He's my age, you know, and, uh, pero si se requiere, you know, I think I might have mentioned to you sometime or if I didn't, I'll mention it, pero like I never thought Jose Angel Gutierrez should have ran for public office because mm. that bogged him down. Mm. Bogged, you know, the, the leadership characteristic that he had, his charisma that he had was to where he could have been going every quarter that he could without anything having to come back to a county meeting, you know, to an agenda, to a vote, because that stuff will they consume, you know, and we need spokespeople out there. We need people that can say things that are important. And he, he well, not because he's one of my best friends, but I know he's one that's very good at oratory, you know, sabe decir cosas y ponerlas en perspectiva. Right now, I don't have anybody like that that I can tell you. 
I think that's the appeal to some of the uh, old uh, Chicano movement activists of past. You realize that we're in a place where there's there are not these eloquent and charismatic figures who could help galvanize or organize or motivate a group of people to pursue political change. I mean, how do you right now motivate? I know that the arts has been one tool to motivate people to to begin to think politically or to want to try and change the social situation. Well, the thing is, you know, I, I'm not, you know, again, I'm not one to be, I mean, I there's a few few moments where I have had the chance, you know, you don't think that's a bully pulpit. You know I mean, when I was at the UTRGV, you know, I, I mean, I could feel my discussions and my language and my, That it, that it was having an effect, you know, but when you don't have the audience, you know, to, to really lay it out. And the one-to-one -one is, is muy difícil, you know, one-to-one. -one, I mean, I, como decir, I can talk to somebody one-to-one -one and, and kind of start giving them, like I told my daughter last night, okay, so she has a brand new daughter, two months old, hmm. and she would rather stay home with her. Why don't you float the idea at your job? Like, City of Harlingen. That you want to go to a four-day work week? She says, "Yeah, right." I said, "Well, if you don't even float the idea, then it's never going to be an idea." Mm -hmm. you talk to your coworker, and you can start a four-day work week, and then maybe it'll catch on, and then maybe it'll catch on. Before you know it, you might have a work four work work day. Mm -hmm. Santa Rosa ISD, for whatever the reason, you know where Santa Rosa is. Mm -hmm. It's a small school district. Out of the clear blue sky, salieron el año pasado, but at the end of the school year, they were going to go to a four-day work week. Now, I, I don't know. I've never heard of anything like the school district. I mean, will it work? I don't know. Will it not work? I don't know. But you don't know until you go into it. Somebody had the idea. Somebody put it on paper. Somebody, somebody started to talk to the board. Somebody talked to the superintendent. And all of a sudden, you've got a decision that's made that they're going to go to a four-day work week, a school district, okay? Mm -hmm. So I tell my, I said, you know, si no, si no, la, como decir, si no conversas con alguien about what you're thinking and you keep it all to yourself and you gripe and complain, mm -hmm. it's going to be a complaint to yourself. Necesitamos platicar, ¿entiendes? Este, so, yeah, I think, I think there's, there's a need for many things, como te digo. I think we need to, to you know, I'm, I'm, hoping that this November 8th election will be a little bit different than what I'm thinking is going to, I mean, I'm talking more just Cameron County. I'm, I, you know, hablar de otros lugares, pero aquí, man, it, it's kind of like the, y luego de being, como la, la impotencia de no poder, you know, de no poder decirle, a, I mean, Tony gets it. Tony can get angry and make a few comments here and there, but um, how do you get the rest of the, how do I get the state democratic leader Gilbert Hinojosa, or the county, Cameron County uh, Democratic Party chair, Jared Holcomb, how can I get him excited about, let's get these people working so we can have Democratic victories? I, I can't get them excited. And mm -hmm. they're not excited, let me tell you. And being low-key, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if they're waiting for August 1 for something, I don't know. Uh, pero ya se está acabando el tiempo. Mm -hmm. And you need to money, and you need to have money. And these candidates... You know, I don't know. I mean, they're they're maybe waiting for something. I don't know what they're waiting for, but vale más que le ponga. Más, be, you, I don't know. How old are you, Boyan? Uh, 49. 49. Well, back in the day, the tradition of politics, ¿verdad? Este, usually, no comenzaban las campañas till after Labor Day. Mm -hmm. A big thing. So people, you know, kind of wait around y todo. The summer session, the summer recess del Congreso y todo. But yeah, they're already campaigning since January. pretty quick. They're not waiting around. They're they're so you know, Labor Day is gonna be too late. Labor Day to November the eighth, man, son of those messes. Yeah, because uh can you can you knock on the doors? Can you the other thing too, if you do have the money, which not very many candidates here in Cameron County have that kind of money, would be to be able to send, you know, the, the cards to your house. Si no tienes eso, pues then you're going to have to knock on some doors, be strategic, you know, get the voting list. You know, there's things that you can do now that are, they could cost you a little bit of money, pero you need to know a little bit about how to do it. You know? este, pero mm. aquí, todavía no sabemos muchas de esas cosas. I, I don't know. Pero, yeah, I think, I think we can, I mean, I need a, I need a place for the central, I need a, a place. Necesito uno, un lugar donde pueda hacer trabajo, ¿entiendes? Mm. Porque 
whole world of just being, you know, without an office, without a, you know, donde, donde juntarnos como, como presentaciones, mm -hmm. you know, makes it difficult to have presentaciones. And I think you need to keep having, es como dice Marcos, you got to keep reinventing yourself every day. You know that they trained a whole group of folks that went back to the origins of the first Spaniards that came to El DF mm. uh, or two years ago. In other words, they went back to tell the, the Españoles que no los conquistaron. <laughs> you, know, are, you, you tried, but you didn't succeed. Here we are. <laughs> later, here we, and they actually went in a boat. I mean, they actually got trained to sail and everything. And, you know, pero yeah, so I, mm. I think again, some, some real simple things, you know, to break the bread, you know, I mean, uh, get out of your comfort zone. You have to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, again, uh, take, I mean, como te digo yo, pues, I, I don't know how else I'm going to, I'm going to be able to, de aquí a no sé cuándo, ¿verdad? I mean, yeah, now, now I measure things in like, si I'm 70, donde voy a estar in five years from now. I mean, again, uh, I think this morning andaba, si andaba bien, I mean, I was like exhausted from, First, the two meetings I had, nothing against the, I mean, it was good meetings con Jorge and con, con Ramon, you know, pero those were two-hour meetings that, you know, I have to do a lot of thinking because while they can think a lot, well, they're not in the formats que como Jorge can't find a job as an attorney. And I kind of pretty much told him, I said, you know, I don't know what else to tell you, but you're not going to be able to get a job as an attorney. Not here. You're not licensed in the United States. You know, Ramon's a hell of a painter. He started his life as a, as a, Ya se retiró, pero he does painting, painting and then tape and floating, but mm -hmm. he also likes artistic work. But mm -hmm. the action from the city and his world are not congruent. So I have to kind of make it work. You know, like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, para el viernes entregamos una aplicación, and then we'll let them tell us what they need more because we didn't fill out all the, or cross all the T's and dot all the I's. Pero si quiere, we met the deadline. Could be that he's the only one that's going to apply, which is another advantage, you know, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, pero, so little little things like that. Y luego, pues, no sé qué hacer con, con los políticos de aquí de San Benito, man. They're tough. When you think about <laughs> the, the, so, the social problems there, there in South Texas, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've been able to see some of those recurring social problems. Uh, you, when you were getting involved in the 1970s there in Kingsville, what has stayed consistent as it pertains to the social problems of, of South Texas? What do you see that hasn't changed? Well, one, again, is, is the content of curriculum in our mm. education. It hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. So therefore, one of, the, one of the keys to our getting involved as activists was that when we begin to absorb our history from, with, from our people, go back to Rodolfo Acuña, then our, our minds started to really like develop and, and not everybody's, but a lot of people began to really get enthused and wanting to learn more and so forth. And that's what's scary with that. Now, yes, I'm going to say that while I couldn't define the racism in let's say my public school education, because I didn't have those concepts. I do want to say within that comment that we, that I did have good teachers. Mm and some who were Anglo and then who later on I'll find out from other folks who will say pues me trató muy mal esta señora but I didn't get that treatment but I did get a good class of English to read and write and comprehend so that when I did get to Kingsville I could read, write and comprehend so if I pick up an Acuña I can read, write and comprehend or if I pick up a class in English literature I could read, write and comprehend one of the things I, you know, that I've discovered in the last 15 years, you know, which again, I, I didn't know because I'm not an educator, is this college readiness uh, that, that uh, every, every district in the state of Texas is supposed to prepare all these kids, all our kids into being college ready to when they do go to college, you know, they're ready to read, write, and comprehend. Hablando ayer con la muchachita Julieta, la esposa de este cubano, I mean, she's teaching right now two classes, uh, high school seniors. And he said, Rogelio Batayo Mucho. I've heard it from my friend Jonathan Jones, who teaches at South Texas College. That he, well, he loves to teach and he wants to inspire these youngsters, which are all raza. He said, she, well, the, the reading skills 
the writing skills are not there. And that's what we find then that, you know, our dropout rates or maybe, you know, not maybe, well, dropout rates one, but not being able to go to college. Or if you do go to college, being afraid that, you know, you're not going to make it because you begin to understand as best as you can that I really can't read and write the way I'm supposed to because these guys are asked, como Jonathan, he, when he gives them out a syllabus, is it the first day? People are scared to death when he puts out the syllabus. And I was like, what? And Jonathan's a real intellectual guy. He's a very, very sharp thinker, writer himself. He thought, but he's also very passionate. Like I said, I'll help these kids every way I can, but there comes a point where there's not much I can do because those skills are not there. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've tried to relay that to some of our school leadership here. Mm -hmm. He kind of like, you know, goes, nah, you know, I mean, again, uh, we've got the greatest kids in the world. They can't read or write. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, again, I don't know the numbers, but I can tell you that, that uh, in terms of our, our graduate rates are very, very good. We graduate 92% of our high school seniors. Pero donde van a dar al colegio? We're going to go locally. There was a professor, a friend of mine, ya, ya se retiró, este, Acevedo, who used to do all the data. I mean, he used to work at UTRGV, but me daba toda la data because that's what he did. Uh, about 60% of the, of the students that went to Southmost College in Brownsville mm -hmm. dropped out first year because they couldn't read or write. You know, digo, chihuahua. Y luego, pues, si no sabe leer y escribir, I mean, you can scribble, you know, pero, but then you have to go look for a job. Mm -hmm. Y luego, pues, ya ni modo. So what, what do we, how do we get to, you know, I, I had, let me give you this experience. Fui a la school district, fue in the spring to a school board meeting because they had come out with all these results from their testing, whatever. And it was like a 300 page report. And they asked the lady who does that report or whatever, you know, puts it all together with all the data to give a presentation before the board. And she did. And any questions? Somebody said anything, everything was fine. Well, thank you very much, Miss So and So. Okay, good job. So when, when I saw a little bit of a break there, I went and talked to her and I said, Miss So and So, I'm Trojeli Can you tell me what this means? And it was the, the page on college readiness. Dijo, well, dijo, pues que, it means que if these kids are ready to go to college, dijo, well, in that number that you're looking at, dijo, does it mean they're ready to go to college? Can they read or write? Dijo, no. So well, what's the problem? He goes, everybody wants to go to college. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's an administrator from the school. Go, well, it's not an issue of whether they want to go to college or not. The issue is that we, as the educators in an institution, need to get our kids ready to read or write, whether they want to go to college or not. He said, well, they can take remedial classes. He goes, that's not the answer, ma'am. She goes, no, no. I mean, they, if I graduate from high school, I should read and write. If I want to go to college, I can. If I want to go to the military, I can. If I go to the labor force, I can. But I can read and write. Mm -hmm. He said, well, how do I solve this? He said, well, you'd have to talk to some other folks in the departments of curriculum. And he said, okay, thank you very much. Pero fíjate, la administradora misma, diciendo, not everybody wants to go to college. Okay. Not everybody, you can take remedial classes. Okay, but why do I have? You know, I didn't take remedial classes. My kids didn't take remedial classes. Sabían cómo leer escribir. They could read or write, you know, and then they know how to read or write, you know. Now, pues cuantos más padres, y, y, you know, are, are, and do they know that that's the case, the college readiness? They know that. I mean, they're very happy to see their kids graduate from high school. You know, y hay flores, y hay teddy bears, and, and that's all great. And I have no problem with that at all, que los vinieron los abuelos y los tíos, y, y lo menudo, y, and that's great, pero... That kid ready to read to go into college. Mm. It's almost That's, as if they set the bar low already going in. Right. Uh, not, not, not no, you to, yeah. Like when I went, okay, so I didn't start off in the public school. I started out in a church. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, interesting enough, the people who ran the church, and I don't know, because I'm just, me dice mi mamá, tienes que ir a la iglesia el domingo y tienes que ir a la escuela dominical. Pero I learned how to read and write in Spanish in the Bible. Mm. <laughs> Porque the people that we had, and you may have had the same, this older generation of elders and so forth, they were very focused, I mean, on reading the Bible. And then you would get that training. So, and then we'd have these competitions in, in at, at the Sunday school, like, 
who can, you know, there, there was a little game that I can't remember, but they'd pull out a card and it'd say, Primera de Samuel and whatever, and then you started, before you knew it, you knew where all the books in the Bible were. Mm-hmm. Of course, you'd have to stand up and do an oral reading of that versículo, you know. And so digo yo, pues, I got, I mean, I actually had a good framework in Espanol through a biblical training. Mm-hmm. The school, you, if you have a good training from the beginning, whatever language, to transfer over to another language becomes easier. So, the Sunday New York Times, which we don't have. That's okay, so what are two things that are missing in the Valley? The New York mm-hmm. Times and NPR Radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't get to listen yeah. to those things. We don't get to read these things. We don't get to put our hands on on things that are like, so, so critical. I mean, again, it's, it's like, and where did I learn to read the New York Times? When I went to Kingville and A&I Kingville. When I went to library, Jernigan Library, my goodness, he the New York Times, the Washington Post, and then I would go out to the stacks, y comienzas a agarrar libros y todo, y luego ya me iba para la casa a las seis, you know, it didn't matter if I stayed there till late, you know, pero teníamos de dónde agarrar, ¿verdad? De dónde agarrarte. Of course, you had leadership. I mean, yeah, yo le llegué un momento muy crítico del movimiento chicano, you know, which was important, you know, but, which also made me think like, okay, do I cross the line and become active or do I stay on this line and just kind of look at the activism? Mm-hmm. Well, in, me dio el ánimo de cruzar la línea y luego verla de aquel lado y dije, no, hombre, este lado está mejor. The grass is greener over here, you know, but, and I'm, you know, I, I went to school with a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, maybe a, at least 20, maybe 24 or 25 people that went to college when I graduated, they went to a and y ninguno de ellos cruzó un momento que crucé yo. It's amazing. That's the yeah. other thing too. Uh, Sandra Longoria grew up with me in the church. Mark Villarreal. All these people that went to a and I'm the only one that came out of there with what I do. Mm. The rest, you know, whoever they went to work with, they became educators. But they never took a class on the, the, where they would have to read Occupied America. When you go to college, you may go through your four years without ever touching any of this because mm-hmm. there it still doesn't exist in the numbers that it should exist you know so how do we como como decir como le das a el momento de la chispa mm-hmm. at least get it you know now if you didn't get it when well, you didn't get it but at least you were in that classroom mm-hmm. este, and i know what it is to get get the chispa to give you the chispa i i know that feeling because i have students you know that that were in my classes when i was at utrgv who later on you know ahí tienes en Austin un salvador cavazos who's a you know, PhD in, in education. He's, his brothers are really top-line educators in Texas. You know, uh, I talked to him several years ago, and uh, we were on the phone, and I didn't. I knew of him, but I didn't know him personally. He said, pues no te conozco. He said, no, no, si me conoces. He said, I was your student, you know, when I was at UTRGV. He said, well, I'm not, you know, I had so many students. He said, no, dijo, pero, dije, so what did you think? You know, I mean, 20 years later, we're talking, what did you think? He said, no, you were on fire, man. I mean, he's like, Okay, it was good because we, we needed to have that. Mm-hmm. on fire today. I don't know. I don't know what goes on at UTRGV. Uh, we know that the major universities do have important intellectual figures that they might not be rasa, you know, but who can give you a good, good training in, in academics, you know, lo que se requiere para poder participar en esta sociedad, you know. Mm-hmm. Not everybody that I took at UT Austin was Chicano. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, Joe, Joe Fagan, uh, Gideon Schoberg, and those guys were great, you know, to develop the thinking and, you know, the desire to want to continue to read more and research more. I mean, they, were, they were good educators. And esa es la otra cosa también. No, no todo el tiempo tiene que ser raza. Mm-hmm. Sean buenos en lo que hacen. You know? I mean, again, uh, so that, that, that's uh, always an important part. But you weren't you weren't always encouraged, though. I do recall from some of our previous conversations, you weren't always encouraged to prioritize the the practical parts of research, like going over to Eastside Austin, doing <laughs> do, doing all the interviews, yeah. being in the cantinas, yeah. hearing from the people themselves. That that move 
isn't always one that is privileged in uh, higher education because theory oftentimes wins out. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's true. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I, I, maybe if I hadn't gone so much, I'd have finished it or PhD. <laughs> Pero no le hace, ya, ya acabó. Ese, ese capítulo ya lo acabó, ya lo terminamos y todo, pero... So, so I don't know. I mean, again, uh, uh, well, this, this is good because it keeps me motivated, you know. Mm -hmm. este, cuando hablo con Fernando García también, en El Paso, man, he's a... Ese, eh, Fernando es from el DF, and, and he started, started at the UNAM. Mm -hmm. you know? So he's very, he's very good at, at the politics of things, you know, muy, muy práctico, y he's very disciplined también y todo. But it's always good to have him in conversations with me now i've also been very close to him in some of the issues where he's been attacked where he goes to the elder or how do i defend myself i mean i'm fortunate enough to say well do this or do that or cuidado con esto cuidado con lo otro y todo verdad so so that's that's good so i have a few folks that i can i can relate to it's always buscar esos momentos where you can read a little bit more uh i'm into your i'm starting your book uh, you know, uh, it's an honor to have you, your eyes well, on, on those, those texts. Well, that's, you're pretty heavy on it, man. You know, <laughs> Gloria and Saldu is great. <laughs> you know, I mean, Gloria was a, too bad we, too bad she passed away too young. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the, I was going to, actually, we had been in a conversation to come to the valley, to, to the center, you know, mm -hmm. we were going to do some projects and stuff, but oh, she, she was real diabetic, diabetic. Mm -hmm. And then I remember the last thing because she said, I can't travel anymore. And then she passed away. Right. And so that would have been a really good moment to, to. I did meet and work with Raul Salinas. I don't know if you've ever come across him or not. Mm -mm. An Austin poet? No, I haven't come across him. Look him up. He's okay. a part of the Resistencia bookstore. Okay. He was, uh, they say, one of the best jailhouse poets ever in the history of poets. Mm. And yeah, and you know he got himself into smoking marijuana. They say in the fifties, and was sent to the prison, Huntsville, Cook County, Leavenworth. I am Folsom from McKendo, pues lo traían de prisionero, no? Pero inside the inside the the cages, as they say, he became a poet, a Chicano, mm. and uh, he he really really. I mean, he inspired me a lot. I mean, we became real good friends. Is they brought him down to San Benito several times, you know, put him around the uh, the different venues that we had and stuff. Stayed with us here at the house. But I don't individual muy interesante. I mean, like I said, with with no college, you know, when he first got out of well, he didn't finish. You know, he fifty two, he was already in the penitentiary. Ya andaba, pero se hizo muy poeta. Había había hay tres poetas chicanos that are that are him, Ricardo Sanchez from El Paso. Uh, who is now also deceased. He uno más, este, Jimmy Santiago Vaca of New Mexico. Better bring Jimmy one time to your group. Mm -hmm. um, he, he's, he's, got a, he's pretty powerful. You can look him up, Jimmy Santiago Vaca. He's got all kinds of writings and stuff, but he's definitely a, a, a little spiritual guy. I mean, I've gotten so much from him just on, on reading and sometimes emailing with me, but he really, I mean, his story is incredible about how, how he ends up in solitary confinement because that's where he could reading he didn't know how to read when he went to prison somebody took an interest in him mm -hmm. well, you know in a prison visit some people visit prisons and that's important he he was a, he was one of these big time brawlers when he started to learn how to read and he started to really get into it he would on purposely get in trouble so he could be put into solitary confinement that he could read. Like, it's, on the, no lo a nadie. You know, acá en the grounds lo molestaban. Mm -hmm. But he's, he's, he's really, really, uh, uh, well, I think you know, one of these days maybe we'll bring him down. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a little expensive, you know, and we couldn't afford him as much, but uh, he's worth, uh, uh, and he travels all over the country. He's got a writer's group that he, they meet out in the mountains in Nuevo Mexico. And uh, they rebuilt the house, redesigned it and stuff, and they have workshops and so on and so forth. Pero, so those are the, the world of, I think, that, that uh, lo que necesitamos también es muchos artistas poéticos, mm -hmm. you know, the, the writers. These are people uh, who ignite the chispa that you're talking about. Right. No, no, no. Hay que echarle, hay que echarle mm -hmm. a la chispa. Mm -hmm. Así vamos. Bueno, right. 
you have Pórtate a good bien. evening. Yes, igualmente. Andale, gracias. We'll talk to you soon. God, God bless. Bye-bye. Gracias. Andale.